0: Hey there, welcome to Hangry Thoughts, the podcast where we dish out on the best bites on intuitive eating, nurture a healthy relationship with food, and of course, bust some nutrition myths, because fork diet culture. I'm your host, Abby Roberts, non-diet intuitive eating dietitian, and an ADHD girlie here to guide you through a joyful journey towards feeling amazing in your own skin and enjoying all foods. Join me as we navigate the world of food with a fresh perspective where guilt free nourishment and mindful eating take center stage. Together, we'll tackle the myths that may leave you feeling a little hangry or hungry for the real facts. So grab your fork, your favorite snack, and let's dive into the Hangry Thoughts podcast because it is time to embrace a vibrant, satisfying, and empowered approach to food and wellness. Welcome back to Hangry Thoughts. I'm your host, Abby, and today we're going to be talking about emotional eating versus binge eating. Now, with this topic, there are quite a few things that were coming to my mind of stories that I wanted to share from my own personal experience, from general topics that I've covered with clients to help them through their recovery, and then just general questions that I get as an eating disorders dietitian slash, you know, someone that works with intuitive eating and helping people heal their relationship with body and food. Ralph, do you want to come in? You have to go in or out? In or out? I don't know if you guys can hear him, but he is squeaking. Come on, buddy. Come on in. Oh my God. <laughs> Ew, stop. <laughs> he is the boogeriest cat I have ever met. Okay, you're in the closet. We're gonna stay in here for the full episode. Go explore. Okay, yesterday I was sitting on a call with a client and Ralph decided to jump onto my laptop mid-call and sneezed, boogers went everywhere, snot went everywhere, and literally a human-sized booger landed in my lap. And I was like, mmm, yummy. cool. Thank you. Um, he has feline herpes, which super cute. Um, basically there's nothing that we can really do for him for that. He just kind of lives with this, but it's really just like a chronic upper respiratory infection for this little guy. So he's just chronically snotty. He's just chronically a three-year-old kid (laughs) that wants to share his snot with everybody. Okay, sweetie, you got to You guys stay over there. I know you want the pets. Go over there. Okay. All right. (laughs) So as I said, okay, 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 okay. As I said, we are talking about emotional eating versus binge eating. I do want to give a trigger warning to this episode. There will be talk of disordered eating and eating disorder behaviors and thoughts. You can skip these timestamps. Trigger warning starts at 7.04 and it ends at 16.07. Now this episode does not replace treatment and is not meant to diagnose eating disorders. Please speak with a registered dietitian, therapist, and or your doctor for support and further treatment. Now without further ado, let's get into the episode. Have you ever had the experience of eating because you're bored? Like, you're not exactly hungry, but food just sounds like it's the only interesting thing. And I think a lot of us can relate to that. Maybe there's been a time of you zoning out in front of the TV watching Bob's Burgers and all of a sudden the chip bag is just empty and you're like, what the fuck? Who ate all of that? It wasn't me because I don't remember having even like a single chip. What the heck? Or maybe you felt the desire to eat because you're just exhausted, stressed, anxious, feeling overwhelmed. Now, would you consider this normal eating? Or do you feel this is bad, like something that shouldn't be done? For the longest time, I felt shameful and guilty for eating when I wasn't hungry, and I mean like hanger hunger. I thought I needed to be on the brink of like starvation in order to deserve food. This was back in college. I went to school at the University of Arizona where it is quite literally pool party season year round. You could go out to a bar. You could go walk down the street. You could go be walking to the library. Ralph, please do not step on my laptop. (laughs) And you would see girls in their bathing suits and power to them. Like, go do your thing, honey. Go let your freak thing, freak thing fly. But also, I'm going to compare myself real hardcore to you. You know, Uh, college self Abby was very insecure. College self Abby struggled tremendously with body image, relationship with food, exercise. And that was, that was a full-time job for me. Having these thoughts just constantly in my brain. Now, prior even going to college, I struggled with body image, body dysmorphia, and eating disorder behaviors. My first year of college then put like the biggest, hottest spotlight ever on my worries, judgments, and shame. I was so aware of how uncomfortable I felt in my body, and I did compare myself to every single person that I saw, in person and online. I wished that I could have just, in quotes, this normal relationship with food like everyone else. My main struggle was with binge eating, but it was also something that I often mixed up with emotional eating, or vice versa. And this is such a common mix up because many people will reference emotional eating in terms of a binge. So this is where the trigger warning starts. And I don't go super in depth with this, but it is a story that might come up with some triggers. Um, This is coming from my own personal experience, and it is talking about a binge and kind of what was leading up to that binge. Now, the story itself and what led up to the binge, um, it, it, there there's nothing traumatic in this story. Um, it's a pretty innocent story, the way that it leads up to the binge. But again, uh, I think the trigger warning is just necessary and is respectful to you guys. So if you would like to skip this, please do. But There's this one memory that jumps out in my mind when I'm thinking of emotional versus binge eating. And I I don't know, I just kind of have like undergrad on my brain. So this story is coming to you from my second year of undergrad. I was living with three other girls, um, two of them I had known for a very long time, one I had grown up with since I was born. And then another, I had met my freshman year of college. Um, and that, there's a lot that goes into that relationship. Um, and maybe that's something that I share at another time uh, and how that affected my relationship with food and body. But these other two girls were very supportive. And I thought that no one knew what my relationship with food was like. I thought that I hit it pretty damn well. Um they might have told you otherwise. I don't know, but we had a friend or friends, I don't really quite remember, come over to our apartment this one night and they wanted to all go to Dairy Queen, which was on the corner from our apartment. We could just go down the steps or the elevator and then like walk right to it. It was right there. And during this time in my life, I had sworn off of ice cream. Like This was labeled bad. I couldn't control myself around it. I felt very guilty or like I was ruining all of my health and fitness goals if I ate ice cream. Okay, this is going to sound so weird, but I just had to pause my recording and kick Ralph out of the room. Because (laughs) I played this back and his meows and squeaks are so freaking loud that I was like, dude, ruining the ambiance. So (laughs) let's continue with my story. (laughs) So as I was saying... (laughs) Any time during this period of my life when I eat ice cream, it would turn into a binge. So I didn't want to have a binge in front of my friends and roommates. I didn't want to risk having a binge because I absolutely hated that feeling. So I told them, you guys go. I'll see you when you get back. It's totally fine. Uh, And when they left, I just... I couldn't get ice cream off of my mind. The thought of like what flavor I would get. If I would get a blizzard or a dipped cone or a, a bar or whatever. If I would get a, a small or a medium. What would the ice cream taste like? What would the te- Like every single piece of that eating experience with ice cream was on my brain. And it felt all consuming. So, what did I do? I made a motherfucking protein shake. It tasted nasty. That, like, chalky, almost chocolate, but not chocolate taste. And it leaves this coating in your mouth. I was so unsatisfied. I was still so hungry. And then I was continuing to stress over the thought of ice cream and obsess over the thought of ice cream. That's probably more accurate. When they came back from their ice cream, they were laughing, they were having fun, and they were just, they seemed to be having a great night. And I was miserable. And then I felt guilty because they're out here having this really fun night and I feel like I'm the party pooper. I feel like I am here dragging everybody down, holding everyone back. And that thought just felt really heavy. It just weighed on me really heavy. And it it made me even more insecure. And then those thoughts of like, What do they think of me? Do they even want to be my friend? Do they even like me? Am I terrible roommate? All of those things started coming to my head too. So now it wasn't just only food. Now it was also me questioning my personality, what type of friend or roommate I am. And oh my God, how many things to worry about and judge myself on in such like a small amount of time. I couldn't stop thinking about ice cream, the way that my body felt and how I felt like I was a failure and how I would be gross if I ate ice cream. But like the funny thing about an eating disorder or disordered eating is, is that I was jealous and not maybe in the, in the type of jealous way that you might be thinking, but I was jealous of my roommates and friends because they were able to go out and have ice cream without second guessing everything or questioning if they deserved it or earned it that day. They just ate it and they ate an amount that I wished that I could feel like I could eat. I, I wished that I could eat ice cream in the way where I would finish my portion and then feel good and done with it. Or I would eat until I was full, even if that meant I didn't finish all of the ice cream, but I knew that I could still have more. So it would be okay. That wasn't my experience. And I didn't hold the same judgments for them as I did myself. It was okay if they ate ice cream, but I was the exception. Everyone could eat ice cream, but I wasn't allowed. Everyone should take a rest day from the gym because that's good for you, but I can't. The I'm the exception kept me in this shame spiral for years. And yeah, a lot of the times I do look back on undergrad and think about what would college have been like if I almost just like cut myself some slack. And I don't mean that to disregard eating disorders and that experience. And I don't mean that in the sense of like, that's all it takes to heal from your eating disorder. My perfectionism was screaming at me day in and day out. And sometimes I wish that I learned sooner how to cope with that. And I wish I learned sooner almost how to deal with it, you know, and just be kinder to myself. Eventually, everyone went out to the party. I stayed home. I stole some of my roommate's food and I binged. I share this Because I believe transparency within the struggles of eating disorders is necessary to help others feel less alone. However, this would never be a story that I share specifically with a client during session. In this setting, it's different. And I hope that this story is able to validate any thoughts or feelings that you notice are present surrounding food. Maybe you've had similar experiences. Maybe you've had similar thoughts. Or maybe you know a friend or a family member someone close to you. That struggles with these things. And let me be clear, I did not steal my roommate's food to, to just steal. I stole it because I didn't keep that kind of food around in my house. And when I say that kind of food, anything that wasn't like a fruit vegetable or like a whole grain, I was so severely restricted from food that anytime I could get my hands on other food, I felt like I needed to. And it would be this fuck it, last supper type experience of I don't know the next time this food is going to be around me. I don't know the next time I'm going to allow myself to have this food. So I might as well just have as much as I possibly can and say fuck it. That's the end of the trigger warning. And before I continue on to talk a little bit more about the differences between emotional and binge eating, I do want to clarify that that story is kind of this classic example of a binge. And there were many emotions involved in that eating experience. So that's where it gets a little confusing of like, is that emotional eating? Is that a binge? Now this is different from emotional eating because binge eating is eating an amount of food, usually a large portion. To escape emotions, procrastinate, numb out, or disassociate. For some, and in my case, a binge occurred due to deprivation, either the mental or the physical restriction of food. Mental restriction sounds like, this is a bad food. I can't have it. I'm not allowed to have it. I shouldn't have it. And then physical restriction is the actual presence of the food not being around. So you don't keep the foods in your house You don't order that food when you go out. Binge eating is often associated with feelings of regret, judgment, shame, or that feeling of being out of control. For emotional eating, food is a coping skill. For binge eating, food is the coping skill. For binge eating, food as the only coping skill or the main coping skill has a very negative effect on mood, thoughts, feelings, or this perception of self. Emotional eating can be a way to escape emotions or even help manage emotions. If you've ever gone through a breakup and ate ice cream on the couch while watching your favorite comfort TV show, or you were bored so you went to the pantry for food those are some types of emotional eating and it can be driven from uncomfortable or painful emotions like sadness, stress, anxiety, loneliness, or it can simply be a way to escape boredom or procrastinate. So I want to look into the emotional eating and the binge eating cycles, how they might be similar, how they differ, and then we'll, we'll kind of continue on with, with looking at some of those feelings and emotions. So let's start out with the emotional eating cycle. Now, this typically comes from that. Okay, finally, I have some me time. I can wind down or it's this feeling of, oh my God, this work is just a bitch today. Work is so much. I just, I need some ice cream and I need to chill out. So we grab ice cream. We head to the couch. We turn on that TV. We're feeling at ease, some relief, maybe a little disconnected from our body or from like work and and real life. And then we look down and we realize the food is gone. And we're like, oh shit, like what? Where did that go? I don't remember eating that. And this shame and panic almost starts to set in. Maybe there's thoughts of, I always do this. Or, I'm so disgusting. I can't believe I did this. Maybe we start going, okay, well, tomorrow I'll, I'll I'll be good. Tomorrow I'll start my diet. Tomorrow I'll go to the gym. Tomorrow I'll have fruits and veggies. So now we're creating this, this scarcity mindset. Now all of a sudden we're creating these rules for ourselves where we go, okay, this is my last time that I can do this. Cause tomorrow there's ain't no way that I'm going to allow myself to eat another thing of ice cream like that again. So now we have this stronger desire to eat more, right? We told ourselves we can't. So human nature, we're like, I gotta go against that. So maybe we eat more food or maybe we're just continuing to feel that guilt and shame. We go to her in the next day. We're feeling more hopeful, and then we have a rough meeting. We feel overwhelmed and stressed. We work late. We get home. Finally, some me time again. Grab the ice cream we had to the screen, and the cycle begins again. Now, the binge eating cycle. This one's a little different, but also lots of similarities. So with binge eating, this cycle starts with that. I've been good all day. Maybe we're feeling that high from restriction. Maybe we worked out and we're like, I was good for doing that. Maybe we ate within our diet that whole day. But we come home and we get an argument with our partner. We have a stressful meeting at work. We forgot a homework assignment. And then we find ourselves in the pantry or in the fridge. And we become finally aware of our hunger or we become finally aware of our cravings from the foods that we weren't allowing ourselves to eat throughout the day, whether that was, again, mental or physical restriction. So we start making the rounds with food. We're starting to feel a little bit of pleasure, maybe some relief, but then we're becoming uncomfortably full. So that guilt and shame kicks in yet again. Thoughts of, I'm so stupid. What's wrong with me? I always do this. I was so good today. What happened? Our anxiety increases. And then maybe we go, "Mm, can't let this happen again. I have to plan for restriction. Sounding like diet starts tomorrow. I need a workout tomorrow. No more ice cream after tonight. And then we go into that next day. I've been good all day, we're high from that restriction, and so on. Feelings can affect our food choices in positive, negative, and neutral ways. The relationship between food and our feelings is complicated by so many psychological and physiological factors. Think about it like this. When we're running low on fuel, we get hangry. This is our body's way of making sure that we're adequately and regularly nourishing it. Because once we're full, we become a little bit calmer. We're happier. We don't longer feel those hunger pains or the uncomfortableness of our stomach growling. Our body is reinforcing the benefits of eating. Our body wants us to eat. Our body wants us to be nourished. And these cycles with an emotional and binge eating, they don't have to happen every single day, every single meal for it to be binge eating or emotional eating. Maybe it's a few times a week. Maybe it's a few times a month. Many people automatically think that eating out of emotion is shameful or bad, but true emotional eating is normal and it's expected. It is eating food with emotion, out of an emotional response, or eating just because it feels good. It might be a conscious choice and lead to feeling connected. Or it might be an unconscious choice and keep us feeling disconnected. These are all included, though, in a normal, healthy relationship with food. Because the desire to emotionally eat serves as a signal that there is something that is in need of us requiring our attention. Food serves so many different roles in our lives. The mo- most common one you probably hear is fuel, but it's also for pleasure, source of nutrients, comfort, culture, social connection, and more. When a neutral or enjoyable relationship with food exists, emotional eating may actually feel pleasant. But if this is not your current experience with food, I recognize that this might seem totally bonkers and you're like, Abby, ma'am, what the actual fuck are you talking about? Because not once in my life have I felt like emotional eating could be okay. Not once in my life have I felt like I could stop myself from binge eating. Maybe you're saying... How can I trust myself around food? How am I allowed to eat for any reason other than hunger? I get it. I felt like that too for so long. But the reason why I felt like that for so long is because one, I, I wasn't able to put a name to these things. I didn't realize that when I was binging, it was a binge. I wasn't able to recognize my feelings or feel my feelings. I just continued to suppress them, suppress them, suppress them. I didn't have support, whether that was in someone that I felt like I could really trust and talk to about these things and not feel judged. And yes, I had very supportive people in my life and people that I know love and loved me but it's different when you're struggling with an eating disorder or disordered eating because there's so much shame and guilt that it feels very isolating and scary and like no one's going to understand. However, starting with talking with a therapist or registered dietitian specialized in eating disorders is such a helpful step to just feel heard, validated, understand that what you're doing isn't your fault and that This isn't going to be your reality forever. That's what helped me get out of that too. Is when I finally started talking about these things. When I finally started realizing, Oh, this doesn't mean that I'm broken. This doesn't mean that I'm bad or wrong or a failure. It actually makes sense why these things are happening. So if this sounds like you... Here are three things that you can do to help start navigating some of these feelings, emotional and binge eating. So resolve. Know what you're feeling and do something about it. So for example, you're stressed about work and therefore you decide to vent to your boss, your coworker, your friend and go home early and take a nap. Or say you're mad at someone and decide to talk it out with them resolving feelings is ideal but usually it can't happen in the way that we want it to or maybe we're not able to access or process some of those feelings and emotions and that's okay that is okay i also think it's important that if we're going to go with the resolve route that we need to be in a headspace where we're a little bit more calm level-headed maybe a little bit more neutral in the situation so we can have a conversation with the person rather than us just projecting, being mad, frustrated at that person, because then they're not going to listen. The other of express. Even if you can't resolve your feelings, you can express them by doing something else. Maybe it's talking about it with a person that you trust, journaling, listening to music, dancing, drawing, going outside. This is at least getting those feelings out even if you can't resolve them or even if you can't really process or identify that exact feeling that's going on. And the third one, distract. Until feelings settle down, we can distract our emotions by reading, watching a movie, taking care of our plants, hanging out with our pets. This is keeping those feelings in and it doesn't resolve the feelings. But it's at least preventing destruction. It's at least giving us some space from that feeling. So maybe we don't feel it as much. Now something that we'll cover in a different episode and something that I want you to remember is that decoding feelings or understanding, processing, and dealing with our feelings is like being in a dark room and unable to see for a few minutes. We might need to be uncomfortable and sit with the feelings for a little bit until we can create this plan of action or understand what's going on. And that's okay. That's okay. Healing our relationship with food and body is aided by increasing our connection to our body. Non-judgmentally noticing sensations of hunger and fullness, as well as creating awareness around appetite, cravings, satisfaction and emotions is going to help promote confidence and trust to your body and intuition. And when we're adding some bits and pieces of self-care, compassion, curiosity, we can also then can begin to build body respect and body kindness. There's a lot of B words. It was a lot of alliteration. So That was that was a lot in today's episode. And I want to create this space for you to say, hey, it's okay if you're feeling, feeling lots of ways about this. It's okay if, if this episode is bringing up memories, thoughts, feelings. And if that is the case for you, I wanted to leave you with some more maybe questions to be curious with if that feels safe or again if there's any resources that you need I'll link those in the show notes but let's go over maybe some more reasons and questions to kind of toy with if we have those reasons for binge eating so again what I said that deprivation right mental or physical restriction maybe we ask is the diet mentality in my life. Do I come home and eat a large quantity of food because I haven't eaten anything all day? If you say yes to both of those, this makes sense and this is not your fault. What about if something triggered this response to eat with strong emotions, emotionally or out of a binge? Did we get in a fight with someone? Was there something uncomfortable that went on in my day that caused me to turn to food to cope? Do I notice if I eat when I feel sad or stressed? Another thing that we can do when we're experiencing emotional and binge eating is creating options for our feelings. Again, using that resolve, express or distract. So we can do this by almost like creating a little table. And on the left-hand column, we have our common feelings. So maybe that's bored, angry, sad, lonely, anxious, tired, stressed. And then on the right-hand column, we have our options for our feelings. So you go, okay, when I'm bored, I'm going to crochet. I don't know. I've never crocheted in my life. Um, When I'm bored I'm going to play a video game. I'm going to hang out with my pets. I'm going to go outside. When I'm angry I'm going to draw. I'm going to sing. I'm going to scream in my car. When I'm sad I'm going to cry it out into my pillow. I'm going to watch a sad movie and let myself feel those feelings. Or I'm going to watch a funny movie and distract myself from those feelings. So Now, some of those examples might not fit for you, and that is totally okay. They don't need to fit for you. Those are just maybe some starters, maybe some ways to kind of get the ball rolling, having you start to think about what are some ways that you can resolve, express, or distract with feelings. And to close out this episode, I also think it's so important for me to say that my recovery from my eating disorder didn't happen in the blink of an eye and I didn't do it on my own. It is okay to ask for help. It is okay for this to take time. It is okay for this process to feel like it ebbs and flows. And similarly, if you're struggling with chronic dieting, negative body image, those are also things that don't just heal in the blink of an eye. And it's okay. It does not mean or make it your fault by any means. There are so many things that go on in our day-to-day, on social media, the comments from friends, family, coworkers, peers that affect us. And so seeking that help and that support can be so critical in helping to know how to resolve, distract, express, set boundaries, feel emotions, whatever it may be for you to help Get through it, process it, heal from it, deal with it. And if you're not ready for support, that's also okay. Just listening to this podcast is such a big step. And I'm so encouraged that you have made this far in the episode, too. Your thoughts, feelings, experiences are all valid, they make sense. And I'm so glad that you are here with me on this journey. And I can't wait to have more of these episodes and chats with you guys. So that is all I have for the episode today and I'll see you next week. Bye.